And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. It is Friday, September 30th. That means spooky season is right around the corner. Hopefully that does not start early here in week four as the NFL slate gets back into action with a full weekend of games. But before we dive into everything uh, involving this weekend, fantasy, betting, DFS, underdog, you name it. Let me bring in our co-host for today. You love him. You know him. It is Jason Katz. You can find him over at Jason Katz 13 over on Twitter. Fans analyst here at Pro Football Network. Jason, my brother, we had a uh, interesting night last night. Um, scary scenes, obviously, the whole situation with two. And I know it kind of put the internet and everyone into a bit of an uproar based on kind of what we saw last week. It's, I think the biggest thing about it, whether or not whatever happens with when all the when all the information comes out, all I know is I'm just happy that Tua is apparently healthy and the fact that he was made able to go home with his team. I think that out of everything, that should at least be the biggest story out of last night, that at least he is good to go right now. Yeah, once Tua went down, football became secondary and yep. I just wanted to know what everyone else wanted to know, which was is this only a concussion? I, I know concussions are not a joke by any stretch. And when you say only a concussion, you think, well, that's a really serious injury. Yes, yes, it is. But in the context of what that looked like when Tua went down, uh, hearing the reports that it is just a concussion and there are no concerns with any long-term brain damage or neck or spine injuries, that was a huge relief to, to everyone in the football world. I mean, there is obviously concern of long-term brain damage i mean playing football concussions like there's only so many tickets you can punch when it comes to shots to the head and end up being okay i mean it is what it is i mean we we see all the extra research coming with ct but like you're saying like at least it wasn't like any like internal bleeding or things like that or like pressure or swelling things like it was just uh dude got his bell rung um like it's just scary uh four days in a row four days separating two uh two concussions that's that normally sets you out for a little bit of time. Obviously, I'm not, I guess I should say allegedly on the first concussion because that was obviously, you know, they said he was good to go. It was a back and ankle injury, but I mean, it's uh, just sucks. It's like you said, it was, it put everything else second at that point in terms of the game. Um, ended up being, at least it was a good game though on both sides. And I got to say, Thursday Night Football continues to uh, impress me, especially with the the way it's broadcast, the way it's done. Also, shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals. Y'all won with those uniforms. I I love those things. Those are fantastic. I I, I actually keep those things as your normal ones. I I consider that an upgrade. Uh, kind of just looking at the the lay of the land for this weekend. It is, I think the way we talked about this, it was a it's a week. There's a ton of just difficult decisions when it comes whether it's to fantasy or to betting and I think injuries are playing a, a decent chunk of this we did see uh, we got some good news about a Buffalo Bills receiver and I think you actually were the one that you were the one told me about this one uh, before the game and I think we saw a little bit of news on Gabe Davis correct yeah um, Gabe Davis who aggravated his ankle and practice on Thursday he did practice on Friday, I believe on a limited basis we don't have the official practice report yet but uh, when asked a uh, whether he would play. Um, Gabe Davis is going to play, and the source of this is uh, Gabe Davis. He said, I'm, oh. quote, I'm playing Sunday. So uh, should we believe him? I mean, I, I'm, 
I'm choosing to believe him given that there, there was no qualifiers or anything like that. He just straight up said, matter of fact, I'm playing Sunday. So What's the track record of the source? Like, are they, have they been vetted this source? Have they been, are they proven accurate beforehand? I, I don't know. We'll see. It's, he's not my Ian Rappaport. That's all that I know. But no, like all is serious though. If, if Gabe Davis is healthy, you're starting Gabe Davis in a game that could be very high scoring. Uh, Tampa Bay, ton of injury questions there when it comes to receivers between Godwin, Julio, Rashad Perriman, all those guys are injured. Obviously, we record these podcasts earlier in the afternoon, kind of early, kind of early in the morning. Uh, so you'll have more information when the time this podcast goes out. We'll also keep you updated on the website, on our social media accounts and everything to kind of give you guys the, the best information possible, but definitely kind of keep an eye on that. We do know a couple guys who will be out uh, for the Detroit Lions this week. Amon R. St. Brown, the star of the season, the sun god who was just casting his light over all of us. Uh, he will be out this week, so will DeAndre Swift. Uh, Swift, potentially, it sounds like, could miss multiple weeks, and honestly, it seems like he won't be back until their bye week, which makes a little sense for me uh, from a team standpoint. Uh, New Orleans Saints, we've got some injuries there. Jameis Winston, uh, Michael Thomas, all dealing with injuries. Jarvis Landry, also dealing with an ankle injury, but seems to be trending in the right direction. Uh, Alvin Kamara, also dealing with his question with a rib injury, but does seem like he should be good to go. Um I think the question is going to be, look, it's, can Chris Olave continue his ascent uh, to fantasy stardom with Andy Dalton? We'll have to find out if it goes that far. Uh, the New York Jets are getting their quarterback back. We'll see if that's going to be good for fantasy football or not, as Zach Wilson is set to make his return, and I can't wait to spend the next three weeks unlearning everything I just saw in the beginning part of the season, then spending the next three weeks trying to figure out who these guys are again. So we'll have to figure that one out as it goes. Um for the most part, we're pretty good. Uh, David Joku dealing with the knee injury. Um, I know Mary Kay Cabot of new, the uh, Cleveland Plains dealer. She is saying that it might uh, might have just been a rest day. So hopefully Njoku can come back out after his breakout game uh, that he had last week. And then also uh, Dalton Schultz, who sprained his PCL, was a limited participant on Thursday. I think he's a guy that if we do see that he is active, I think it's probably going to be someone you're going to put in your lineups um, good matchup and also just how much he means to this offense. Uh, but I think let's go ahead and dive into things here. Uh, I think we'll kind of start off with the with what we're looking at on betting wise. And I know it's a interesting weekend. I know there's a lot of tighter lines and that's I think we got a little bit of movement we want to see kind of take place here. But I know like for me and you both like touchdown props are kind of hard to stay away from at times. And there are some in some of these matchups that are very juicy and some ones that I'm actually really intrigued by. I know you've got, you know, King Henry center here, Derek Henry taking on this week as a sitting here on minus one Oh five on a touchdown prop over on DraftKings. If anyone's going to score a touchdown, it's got to be Derek Henry right for the Tennessee Titans. My thesis on Derek Henry is very simple. If I get Derek Henry to score a touchdown at anywhere around even money, I'm taking it every time. Yeah. Uh, we just saw we just saw Derrick Henry participate in a game where the Titans absolutely got blown out by the Bills. It was two weeks ago, and Henry still and he Henry had an awful game. Thirteen carries, twenty five yards. Well, he still found a way to fall into the end zone on just a forty six percent snap share. Last week he scored again, much much more of a Derrick Henry game with twenty carries for eighty five yards and a seventy four percent snap share. Also was more involved as a receiver, so that could add another element, another way Derrick Henry could score. But most importantly. Titans get to the goal line. You know where the ball's going. 
And all they got to do is get down there. We know Traylon Burke seems to love going down at the one. So, so I'm, I, I see a minus 105 on Derrick Henry against the Colts in a game that's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that every time. Yep, I would do the exact same thing. Uh, we got to figure out who these both these teams actually are. And I think if, if Tennessee wants to do anything in this division, they have got to get Derrick Henry going. Because I think what we saw last week was when you have a solid running game, Ryan Tannehill, some of the pressure comes off of him, and he's able to make some better decisions out there on the field and hopefully get Traylon Burks involved a little more often. Because, darn it, I need that in my life. I need I need him playing well. Uh, AJ Brown, uh, I'm sorry, AJ Dillon also comes in here on your list. And I think this one is really interesting. Like, I'm trying to figure out why this number is so high. Like, why is AJ Dillon plus 135 for an anytime touchdown? Like, that seems alarmingly high to me. Like, I don't know why it's that much. My answer to that would simply be because he hasn't scored in two weeks and Aaron Jones has looked better. And, and I get that. But we're talking about uh, the guy who is the clear goal line back for the Packers. Still good yep. offense. They're nine-point favorites, which means that we should expect positive game script, which means a lot of running in the second half. And if they get close to the goal line, I mean, AJ Dillon already has two goal line carries in the season. He has eight red zone touches, which is eighth in the NFL. He, he just hasn't scored in, since week one. And I think they get close. I mean, he's playing half the snaps. He's a, he's, he's, he's a better than 50% bet to score again, and I'm getting better than 50-50 odds. So I'm taking A.J. Dillon to score a touchdown this week. Yep, I'm with you. The volume's there. Double-digit carries and at least three targets in all three of his games this year. You talk about the potential run-heavy script with the Packers being a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And then New England, right? their defense is sitting 29th in DVOA against rushing. Like Everything kind of stacks up saying, hey, yeah, this might be a good week for A.J. Dillon. Another guy we're looking for could have another good week. Cortland Sutton, uh, plus 165, anytime touchdown, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders this week. And it's Cortland Sutton is the guy me and you were hoping he would be this season, Cats. Yeah, I think we nailed that evaluation, not to toot our own horns. Uh, I mean, Sutton is being held back a bit by Russell Wilson being completely cooked, but uh, he's still producing at a pretty high level. I mean, this is somebody who, from a fantasy perspective, is averaging 16.2 points per game, which is, I mean, it's only been the wide receiver 19 this year, but like, historically 16 points per game is wide receiver one number. So he's doing what we expected him to do. And typically the wide receiver receiving yards to touchdown rate is around 160. So every 160 yards, mm-hmm. you kind of expect a touchdown from your receiver. Well, Cortland Sutton's at 291 and he hasn't scored yet. He is currently second in the NFL in air yards. He's, he's averaging a 40.3% air yard share on the Broncos. I mean, he, he's the clear alpha wide receiver one. It's only a matter of time before he finds the end zone. And much like last week when they went with DK Metcalf, a guy who was producing um, at, a, at a higher volume level but hadn't found the end zone in a good matchup, I think that's what we have this week with Sutton. Same type of theory. I think Sutton finds the end zone this week, and I like the odds on it. Yep, I like that one a lot. I, it's, he's got to find the end zone eventually. He just means too much of this offense. Um, honestly, this is a game, too, that I'm just looking at just, uh, just spread-wise. Uh, I know you've got Denver right now there, plus two and a half coming to this game. Vegas is getting, um, sorry, uh, well, technically, yeah, Vegas is getting 73% of the cash and 59% of the tickets kind of heading their way. I actually think Denver can cover the 2.5. I think they need a good win, especially one in division against the Raiders. I kind of like Denver this week, hoping that Russell Wilson kind of gets some things together. Um, And really, one of those touchdowns, potentially to Cortland Sutton, might be the one that kind of breaks things open. I think another game I'm going to be looking at, too, is just going to be Cleveland. Minus one against Atlanta down in Atlanta. I just think Cleveland's actually just playing some decent football right now. 
knowing that David Njoku is probably going to suit up, and the fact that Jacoby Brissett finally has a rhythm going with Amari Cooper, who looks like Amari Cooper. Um, throw in that running game. I do like Cleveland this week at minus one over top of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I know we'll have some more plays. I know Ian, when he'll be with us uh, in Discord this weekend, he'll, I know he'll have some plays and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so if you guys do have more, check out the PFN pass. Uh, we'll have some more kind of things in there as as numbers and lines kind of get finalized because there's always going to be a little bit of wiggle room uh, with some of these things. But if you guys want to win a free $200 bet this NFL off, this NFL season, well, as a new user over on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 and win $200 in bets. All you got to do is head over to ProFootballNetwork.com and check out the latest betting promos to claim this offer today. Sticking uh, with DraftKings, let's take a look over at the DFS side of things to where all you guys are kind of getting your, uh, your fantasy football action. Some undervalue played for us this week, and I think there's actually quite a few. I think this is actually a pretty good week. I think there's a ton of different ways you can probably set up a lineup this week. Uh, I think one of my first ones, although it's on the higher side, I do think he's probably still a little bit underpriced. Austin Eckler coming in at, uh, what, 7.7. So, yeah, just over, just under 8K uh, this week. It's the pace. Like, it's he's not finding the end zone, but utilization-wise, you can't you can't beat it. Uh, even though it's a slow start, he's on pace right now for 119 receptions. And I think it's the matchup that we got to love on this one. Houston, the run defense is allowed a whopping 160 yards and 32 points per game to opposing running backs. For me, if, if Austin Eckler, you got to get him involved. We got to start feeding him the ball. So for me, I love Austin Eckler at 7.7. Someone else I love who's a little bit cheaper, Jamal Williams at 6,100. Uh, go back to last week, 87 yards and a pair of touchdowns on 20 carries. Uh, along with a couple of receptions for 20 yards. Seattle, allowing the third most yards per game at 157, and a rather generous 5.1 yards uh, per carry to running backs this year. Uh, they're also bottom 10 in second-level yards and open field yards, and also uh, yards per carry. They've also given up the fifth most receiving yards to running backs this year with DeAndre Swift out. Jamal Williams had a role beforehand. Now with DeAndre Swift comp- out for the game, Swift set to take over. He's going to have a massive role. I love Jamal Williams this week. Uh, sneaky option if you're in a deeper fantasy league. Check out Craig Reynolds. Uh, I think he could be an option too. Uh, sticking with the running backs also, Khalil Herbert uh, this week. It's going to be dependent on whether or not David Montgomery plays, obviously. But if David Montgomery does not play, Khalil Herbert becomes just a smash play Whatever you're doing, whether it's DFS, whether it's your redraft fantasy leagues, uh, whatever it is, Khalil Herb becomes just a, a smash play. Last week, 157 yards on 20 carries with two touchdowns. Uh, go back to, uh, over his career. He's played on at least 50% of the snaps. He's recorded no fewer than 75 rushing yards per game. Like There's a reason the Chicago Bears coming into the year said they wanted to get him the ball more often get the ball in his hands because they know how special of a playmaker he can be. Uh, he also had the same role last year between weeks five and eight in a very similar situation. Recorded 78 carries. Uh, th- yes, 78 carries between weeks three through eight. That is not a typo. That is how run heavy they were uh, for 348 yards, uh, averaging 22 opportunities per game. Chicago right now with a 72% rush rate. It's hard to beat what you can get out of Khalil Herbert right now. And that's pretty much the only option on the Chicago Bears offense I would trust. In deeper leagues, Tristan Ebner becomes a potential option as a, a number two. 
Uh, but that's only going to be if uh, Dave Montgomery is out. Um, I know uh, Brees Hall also 5.4 going up against Pittsburgh. But that's one of them. We're going to need to see a little bit more of that one because we don't know what this Jets offense is going to look like with uh, Zach Wilson under center. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you on this one, Cats. Like, do you think we see a decent amount of change take place in New York going from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson? Because we've just watched the ball get thrown around like it's an air raid style offense under Joe Flacco, but we know how quickly things can change in the NFL anymore. So are you expecting to see a decent shift in the way things kind of operate and what the pegging order could be in, in uh, New York? I think you have to assume some sort of shift because there's no way Zach Wilson's going to attempt as many passes as Joe Flacco has over these first three weeks. And one thing Flacco has been doing is he's been hyper targeting the running backs. Currently Michael Carter is 20th amongst running backs with a 10.8% target share and Brees Hall is 10th at 14.9%. They're on the same NFL team. Yeah. I just, I don't think we're going to see a situation where both of these running backs are being hyper targeted at the rate that they are. In which case, uh, somebody's probably going to end up being a lackluster fantasy start this week, and I don't know which one it will be. And it makes for risky lineup decisions in both DFS and seasonal leagues. Yeah, it's it's scary. I'm not. Even, we don't even know what's going to happen at wide receiver. Is Garrett Wilson going to still be the guy, or is he going to go back to Elijah Moore? You got two great options, but for fans and managers that kind of picked one side or the other, you're hoping that coin is still going to fall on the correct side of things twice now for you. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson at 5,200, a guy that we'd both, uh, a guy that I know I like this week. I think you do as well. Cats going up against a uh, green Bay, definitely kind of taking over more of that receiving role. Uh, and if Brian Hoyer wants to check that ball down a little bit, then I think Ramondre Stevenson makes a little bit more sense as well. Kind of looking at some wide receivers on this one, Rashad Bateman, 5,600 against Buffalo Buffalo's wide receiver, uh, their cornerbacks and just their secondary in general. It's getting decimated rather quickly they desperately need to get Tredavious White back out there they won't have him this week in a game that should be very that has the potential to be rather high scoring I think Rashad Bateman makes sense um he needs that one big play he had that the first couple weeks it didn't come last week uh so he's going to need that to come back in Buffalo and I do like the odds of that kind of happening uh Christian Kirk at 6600 I gave Jacksonville a ton of crap over the way they spent their money but it worked uh, because they're using him like a top-tier player. Uh, 25% target share while playing out of the slot on 77% of the time. Had a 98% route participation last week so far on the season, sitting as the wide receiver 6 in fantasy, averaging 20.9 PPR points per game. We do, uh, we got to see the status of Zay Jones in this one, but not looking good for his availability. Uh, I am a, I am in on Christian Kirk at 66. I think if you want to, if say Jones does miss, Marvin Jones at 4300 also makes a, a sense as well for a cheaper option. A few more here: Amari Cooper at 60 at uh, 6300. Talking about that that matchup against Atlanta, Romeo Dobbs at 4500. There's a very good chance that we might see a new number one in Green Bay after what we saw last week. I think he makes sense. Jahan Dotson at 4300. Someone I know you cats are very high on this week, especially two. I uh, like that matchup against Dallas. Mac Hollins at 4,200 makes some sense. And also two guys that we kind of touched on earlier with injuries, David Njoku at 3,700 and Dalton Schultz at 39 with no uh, Travis Kelsey on the main slate and both Andrews and Pitts having difficult matchups. I think we could see some uh, some guys take some other risks at that position. I think Njoku and Schultz would make a little bit of sense. But we'll tell you guys about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. 
It is underdog fantasy and their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite, in some cases, player stats and pick whether they'll end up higher or lower total than that week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em entry, get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN and Underdog will deposit will will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Remember that is Underdog Fantasy promo code PFN and get in on the action today. Looking at the Minnesota Vikings uh, with our first Underdog picking from you cats, you're looking at Adam Thielen, someone we were kind of hoping kind of have a little bit of a bounce back, but the question was. Was that age cliff going to cop up here? Was Father Time going to remain undefeated? Right now, they've got him at 50.5 receiving yards. Which way are you leaning, sir? Are you going higher or lower this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm going lower on Adam Thielen at 50.5 receiving yards. La- uh, last week was a good week for Thielen, but it felt like a bit of an outlier. He still only had 61 receiving yards and just didn't look like a deliberate part of the offense. On the season, he's got a 17.4% target share. He had 36 receiving yards in week one. He barely surpassed uh, 51 receiving yards in week two, and it took him garbage time to do that. He didn't have his cash until late in the fourth quarter. The Saints are allowing just 152.3 yards per game to wide receivers. I think Justin Jefferson gets back on track this week after consecutive down games, and Thielen kind of fades into the background a bit. I'm thinking we're getting like a four for 40 game from Thielen, and obviously that is lower than 50.5 receiving yards. That's one of my favorite plays this week. Yeah, I, I like the play. I would personally like it if we kind of saw Adam Thielen kind of get back going because he was someone who I did take in a decent chunk of league just because like the value was there. It's one of those. If you let someone sit around and dangle on the hook long enough, I'm going to take the bait. And I, and I did that with Adam Thielen quite a bit this year, but I do hope he does bounce, have a have a nice little bounce back game for him this week. Um, Kind of look over here at uh, Damian Pierce is the next man up on this one with the Houston Texans. Um, I... I think this one's interesting. I think the matchup isn't great going up against Los Angeles, but 60.5 rushing yards is doable. And I'm kind of with this. I'm kind of with you on this one. I think you're going higher on this one, correct, Cats? I am going higher, and that's a, a rare back-to-back weeks on the same exact play. I mean, last week, I think yeah. the number was 58 or 59, and they only bumped it up by a yard after he posted back-to-back weeks of a very nice 69 rushing yards and then 80 rushing yards. Yeah. The Chargers just allowed 100 rushing yards to James Robinson. They're allowing 4.6 yards per carry. Damian Pierce's snap share is now right around 60% every game. Uh, Unless this game completely gets away from the Texans to the point where they're trailing Mm -hmm. by multiple scores, which, again, it is possible. Uh, But I just just think that Damian Pierce can get there on only 12 to 15 carries, and he may even get more than that. He had 20 last week. Uh, No Joey Bosa for the Chargers, so I like Damian Pierce to go higher than 60.5 rushing yards for for a third consecutive week. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like that one as well here. And quite frankly, we, we actually agree on most of these, so it's not entirely surprising. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, looking at the quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, game we kind of touched on earlier with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Cleveland Browns, or I should say at least hosting the Cleveland Browns down there in Atlanta. Sitting here at 17.55 fantasy points. He's only topped that number once this season. Which way are you leaning on Marcus Mariota taking on the Cleveland Browns? I'm high on Mariota this week, so we're going higher on the fantasy points. 
it just doesn't take a lot for Mariota to get there. If you think about what it takes for a typical quarterback to get to, to 18 fantasy points, he probably needs to either hit 300 yards, throw for two touchdowns. Mariota can get there with only one. Uh, he just barely missed it last week with a sole touchdown, but he only rushed for four yards. I think he gets going a lot more on the ground this week. And if he throws for like 200 yards, rushes for about 40, and, and runs in a touchdown, he's right there. And that's all it's going to take. I think Mariota actually has more than 20 fantasy points this week. So I think it could be safely higher than this number. I think it all comes down to how much of that rushing you can get out of him. Uh, QB 13 so far this year and fantasy points per game, but his legs have been a big benefit for his success. Comes in right now fourth in carries per game, sixth in rushing yards, and first in red zone carries. Uh, so long as they keep getting uh, Drake London uh, and Kyle Pitts involved in this offense, along with that rushing efficiency, then I think someone like Marcus Mariota is going to continue to be a sneaky uh, sneaky option. Could this game be a little higher scoring than some people think? I think there's a chance, and that's always going to be good for fantasy production. Uh, we kind of talked on this one earlier about the New York Jets taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we were talking about Zach Wilson returning. Well, what's that going to mean for his receiving options? It's going to be between Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson for the most part. We saw the chemistry between Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson last year sitting here at 43 and a half receiving yards. Are you feeling higher or lower on Elijah Moore this week as Zach Wilson makes his much anticipated return? We're going with another higher here. You must be Uh, in a good mood. You never go higher this often. I I hate having to go higher and I hate that my top. Yeah, I hate being optimistic. Wow. You must be a (laughs) real fun person at parties. I'm, not, I'm, I'm the guy at the game's watching like, oh, let me hope nothing happens. Yeah. Rubbing my hands right now like, like like the devil here. But um, but yeah, I mean, last week, my favorite play was Garrett Wilson to have higher than his receiving yards. And and we ended up hitting on that. And now I'm going to the other side of the field with, with Elijah Moore. Yes, we don't know what to expect with Zach Wilson back. But Elijah Moore quietly has leads all wide receivers in routes run. Yep. And – He's actually topped 43.5 receiving yards in two of his three games, 49 yards in week one, 41 in week two, 49 again in week three. And he's kind of really not being used that much, not as much as he should be. I think we're getting a bit of a squeaky wheel game for Elijah Moore, who's been watching Garrett Wilson get all get all the receptions and targets and all the praise. I think it's time for Elijah Moore and his buddy Zach Wilson. They're going to get going right away. All he needs is 44 receiving yards. The Steelers are allowing the ninth most receiving yards per game to wide receivers. I think this is a good spot for Elijah Moore to go higher than 43.5 receiving yards. This seems like one of those games where efficiency and volume start to balance back out again. We're not going to be expecting 50-plus passing attempts from Zach Wilson, especially not a game like this, because the Steelers aren't going to be able to put up that many points and get the ball back to him so quickly. Um, But this is one where I think we see the efficiency kind of pop back up. Someone like Elijah Moore can kind of break one. I do like you with this one. I'm with you on the higher 43.5. Someone else talked about it a little bit earlier, too. We said you were high on him. I'll give you the floor on this one. Jahan Dotson, 43.5. Talk to me about him, bud. I mean, this is four straight going higher. This is not not what I want to be doing here. But once again, my favorite pick of the week is a higher. Last week, again, it was yeah. Garrett Wilson, and we hit on that. And this week, I am in love with Jahan Dotson. I don't understand how it is, it is this low. The line just looks broken. He had 40 receiving yards in week one, 59 in week two. And then he only had 10 in week three, so we're dropping this number all the way down to 33.5. He still saw eight targets. The number is just too low. He may be the commander's wide receiver three, but even though he's their wide receiver three, he's, uh, I think he's fifth in the NFL in routes run. I, I he, can get, he can get 35 receiving yards on two receptions. This just seems, 
It seems like Carson Wentz coming off a really down game. I'd like the Commanders also to win this game. I think they bounce back in a big way, and Dawson's a big part of it. He's going higher this week. My top pick of the week. Yeah, uh, I love John Dawson. I love him coming out of coming out of college. Uh, I think the matchup is interesting because it depends on how much he's going to match up with Diggs. Because if he matches up with Diggs, while that could be that's scary at times, that's also gettable. Especially someone like a Jahan Dodson, who's going to be seeing a little more of a of a deeper target right now, sitting at twenty three point seven percent of the team's air yards and a fourteen point two percent target share. But we know if he takes those risks, there are times where Diggs will try to take will take an extra step and try to pick someone off. And he ends up getting beat in the process. So we'll see what happens with him. I mean, between him, Terry McLaurin, and the dollar store Debo, Curtis Samuel, like I love what's going on with this offense right now. And shout out to Carson Wentz for kind of keeping this thing going. And I'm I'm just really excited for when they get uh. Brian Robinson back. That's someone who I'm very much looking forward to. Final one here on our under under uh, underdog pickems here. J.K. Dobbins and the uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Buffalo Bills. We did see him make his return last week. Seven carries, 23 yards, and 45% of the snaps. Underdog has him listed at seven at 37.5 rushing yards, which is very low for a starting running back. However. I think you might be looking at this thing the same way I am. So which way are you leaning on the higher or lower for J.K. Dobbins? we got to end the underdog section on a low note, which is secretly a high note because the lowers are the ones I like to be high on. And yeah, you get it. Uh, so we're going J.K. Dobbins. I'm not lower. even going to try to ask you <laughs> to make, make that make sense. I just hope everyone gets and we just move on. The point is J.K. Dobbins lower than 37.5 rushing yards. Uh, Tommy went over his stats from last week. Ravens have a 59% neutral game script pass rate. They just can't run the ball, except with Lamar Jackson. The Bills are allowing just 47 rushing yards per game to running backs. That is the second fewest in the league. I think we're going to get an aerial assault on both sides in this game. I think Dobbins has a better shot to have more receiving yards than he does rushing yards. So, I mean, unless he busts off a big run, which, again, is always possible, he's going to stay below 37.5 rushing yards in this one. I just stay away from people facing the Buffalo Bills. Like it's it's just one of those. And especially if you tell me this is someone coming off an ACL injury from the year prior. Like it's just I'm just not interested. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm with you when it comes to, to JK Dobbins. It's actually a name you're gonna hear probably pop back up here again as we now head into our start sits uh section of the podcast here, kind of go over some of the week four uh kind of some more of the interesting names here. And I think one of the first starts here on this list and is one you put on here, cats. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will be will will be playing at home. I know this was a game that potentially could be getting moved because of the impact of Hermic Hurricane Ian, but they will host the two in one Kansas City Chiefs, who just offered their first loss of the season last week. And I know Travis Kelsey kind of hoping he has a better game, and I thought it was interesting his thoughts uh, on the uh, what is it the higher level. I, I got to get the podcast name right. One that him and Jason Kelsey are doing together. Fantastic podcast. If you guys aren't listening to that one too, but. Tom Brady dueling Patrick Mahomes. You've got Tom Brady as a start this week, although some of his wide receivers might not be suiting up. So talk to us about Tom Brady for fantasy football in week four. I mean, I was all over Tom Brady as a bench last week, and he has been awful this season. He's averaging just 224 passing yards per game, just 34 pass attempts per game. He's 11.8 points per game, not going to cut it in fantasy. The thing is, though, the Bucs just really haven't had to throw the ball yet. They want to play ball control and defense, and so far they've been able to do that. Even last week in their loss against the Packers, they were able to do that. They just came out a little bit short. I say good luck doing that against the Chiefs. Mike Evans is back. He's got Russell Gage fully healthy. He might be getting Chris Godwin or Julio Jones back this week. I don't think Godwin plays, and Julio, I mean, who knows? 
But even with just Evans back, I think that's enough for Brady to return to being a QB1 this week. More of a back-end QB1, but a QB1 nonetheless. So I'm starting Brady this week. Yeah, I've got... I've got Brady sitting right at that low end QB one, high end QB two kind of range, right in that QB twelve to QB fourteen kind of territory. It's kind of like him, Matthew Stafford, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff are all kind of in that exact same little tier area. Uh, so we'll see what we get at Tom Brady this week. You also have Damian Pierce listed here, although we kind of just talked about it a little bit during the um, underdog portion of this, and I completely agree he is absolutely a start for me as well. And he's turning into the the running back we were all kind of hoping um, that we kind of saw in the in the preseason that kind of dominated that we wondered why they didn't get the t- ball more touches when he was at Florida. Damian Pierce looks legit and I'm glad they're playing him over top of Rex Burkhead. That was the right thing to do from a competitive standpoint and the right thing to do just from a, just get the better players on the field. Um, another one, uh, Chris Olave for me, he's an absolute start this week after 22.5% target share in week two and an absurd 320 air yards against the Bucks. Olave turned those into actual production last week, taking on the Panthers. Finished the day with a cool 147 yards on 9 of 13 scoring. Ending the week as the wide receiver 6 with 23.7 PPR points. Olave is the deep threat for the New Orleans Saints. And so long as James Winston is back there, it looks like Yolo Winston might be back. Like it, He might very well be back. We're seeing the guy who was down there in Tampa put up that 33-30 season and said, oh, hey, I got someone down there. I'm going to let you make a play for me. And he did that. His one touchdown pass came when he threw him to triple coverage into the red zone, and Marquez Callaway just one hand snagged it around three defenders. Like, if Winston's going to be that way, we're going to keep seeing these massive breakup, breakout games. Um, obviously, Winston dealing with an injury this week, so we'll see what happens with him. But with Landry also hurt and Michael Thomas also hurt, Chris Olave could just have a monster week. I'm... I'm all over. I think if you got him in, in your fantasy right now, you're starting him. I don't see a way where you could really bench him this week. I, I wouldn't even hate. Obviously, I'm going to drop him if Andy Dalton's back there under center, but I don't hate him at the same time. Uh, so I do like Olave. Another person we also do like is Jamal Williams. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. We know the role he could have or should have, I should say, uh, with DeAndre Swift out for this week. So I do like Jamal Williams. If you have him, go ahead and start him. He was one of the top waiver wire claims, as was Khalil Herbert for the Bears. If David Montgomery is out, you play him. But I wouldn't be surprised if we end up just seeing Khalil Herbert integrated more and more into the offense, and this turns into a little bit of a messy committee. I know people are going to hate that because it takes away value from David Montgomery. But you got two good running backs. You use two good running backs. Like, let's not make football more complicated than it is. Ramondre Stevenson comes in as a start for this week as well for me going up against the Green Bay Packers. Someone kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Under on the uh, the DraftKings portion of this, not only did Stevenson lead the team in snaps last week with 62 percent, but he also had more carries than Damian Harris uh, to go along with his five targets. With Brian Hoyer under center, we could see some more dump off. So I do like Ramadre Stevenson this week. Uh, Amari Cooper is another player. Over the last two weeks, Cooper ranks third in the NFL in target share at 36 percent and leads the entire field in air yards. With this one surprised me. 64% of the air yard share. Like, I knew it was a lot. I knew Cleveland didn't really have a number two, but I didn't realize it was that much. He's seen double-digit double digit targets in two straight games and phases an Atlanta Falcons defense that has allowed the fourth most fancy points per game to receivers. Fire up Amari Cooper. I am absolutely all in. One more player for me that will be listed as a start. Devonta Smith, someone we talked about last week as a potential starting option. Worked out really well. 
Uh, he had this massive blow-up game last week, top-scoring receiver, picking up 31 fantasy points on eight receptions for 169 yards and a score, while finishing with a team-high 12 targets. This week, they take all the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I ain't worried about it. Look, Jalen Hurts has proven he is a franchise quarterback. Um, he's having just an incredible year. You've got a great one-two punch with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, that Dallas Goddard coming in there at tight end. I love what they got going on up there in Philadelphia. And this is a team that's only going to be getting better. They might be the best team in the NFC. And think about this next year, they're projected to have around like $35 million in cap space and have two first round picks and a young core. That's all locked up. Eagles are going to be good for quite some time. Um, But on a little bit of a more down note, let's end this thing on the sits, which apparently I guess you're going to love this one cats. Cause you just want to be depressing about all these players. Um, so I guess we'll start some things off here with Matthew Stafford. One of the more depressing players just of this year after leading the Rams to a Super Bowl last year hasn't been able to get it going. How much that's the elbow, how much is just what's going on with the just with the Rams in general. You've got uh Matthew Stafford as a sit this week for Fancy Man. So talk to us about why you're down on Matthew Stafford this week. He's averaging just 13.9 fantasy points per game. He hasn't looked great. Since joining the Rams, Stafford has started three games against the 49ers. He's thrown a total of five interceptions in those games, which included at least one in every game. He did average 17.5 points per game in those starts, but that, that's not QB1 numbers anymore. The 49ers are allowing the second fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at just 9.5 to quarterbacks. Nice. Cooper Cup, unstoppable. But Stafford has nobody else to throw to because, no, you may see a wide receiver too opposite him, opposite Cooper Cup, but I promise you he's not actually there. It's just your eyes fooling you. It is just Cooper Cup. We are going to fight one of these days. I mean, I, I'm all out on the other guy that's not Cooper Cup in that offense. So uh, it's a problem for, for Matt Stafford. We saw, we saw what Odell Beckham did for him last year when he got him fully healthy and going. After he came over there, and we were hoping that's what Allen Robinson would be, and uh, he at has this not point, just hoping Odell Beckham Jr. comes back to save him again. I, I, hoping, <laughs> praying that Odell Beckham signs with the Rams, you know, week eight, week nine, when he gets that knee right, because they oh, sure, they certainly need him. But yeah, Matt Matt Stafford not going in my lineup this week if I can avoid it. Yeah, I get it. I, I would do the same thing. I have him below, like the guys I listed earlier with the Jared Goffs, the uh, Brady, the Cousins. Uh, quite frankly, I I can understand starting Trevor Lawrence over top of Matthew Stafford in some leagues. I could I could legitimately see that because I think Trevor Lawrence has been playing sneaky, sneaky good football. Someone else who was playing sneaky good football in the very in the very beginning of the season, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I know made for both of us. He was one of our biggest sell high candidates at the time. We did see Clyde Edwards-Alaire take a step down last week. Cats, give me your thoughts on CEH this week uh, for fancy managers. Is the window shutting for when you could have sold off Clyde Edwards-Alaire? The man gave you three weeks, and he gave you last week, even though he didn't really give you last week, because he managed to score 17.7 fantasy points, even though he had seven carries for, wait for it. Hey, Tommy, how many rushing yards did you have last week? I have to check my Apple Apple stats, but I I think it was zero. I'll be honest, okay. I did not get a lot of cardio in last week. Uh, I mean, apparently neither did Clyde Edwards-Alaire because he also oh. had zero. Hmm, so you matched, you matched CEH in, in rushing yards last week. Oh, my bank account <laughs> don't match him, though. We got to fix that one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing to do about that. 
But the CES Mirage powers on for a third straight week. Uh, I think at some point it's got to end. He's averaging a 40% snap share. He has yet to see more than 12 opportunities in a game. Jarek McKinnon matched him in snaps in week one and outsnapped him each of the past two games. The Bucs were allowing just 3.8 yards per carry. The Chiefs are already past heavy, throwing the ball 61% of the time. CES is going to need to catch some passes and fall into the end zone to be fantasy viable this week, much as he's been the past three weeks, and I just can't keep relying on that. You may not have a better option, and I get that, but if you are in a shallower league and you can bench CEH, I think I would this week. At least on the positive side, in most leagues where you drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, likely you drafted him as a RB3, RB4. So you're not, you shouldn't hopefully be forced to start him unless you had an injury to someone else earlier in your lineups. Um, I think one other name we'll kind of hit on here, J.K. Dobbins. Touched on that a little bit earlier. Obviously, we're a little bit down on him. I think one other name for me that I think I would be sitting, DJ Moore. I I can't tell you how much I hate this. As the the resident DJ Moore stand, I will climb to the top of every water tower to defend his honor. Like that is I can't, but I just can't start him right now. And I hate it. Oh, he's played on 100 percent of Baker Mayfield's dropbacks, but still sits outside the top 40 and routes rung amongst receivers. 88 receiving yards on seven catches and 18 targets. That's his entire season. That's it. Although he's leading the team with a 20, 23% target share, Carolina Panthers offense right now ranks second to last in plays per game at 54.3, only above the Chicago Bears. I, I get Arizona is last in adjusted air yards per attempt. I This is a chance where he could go off. I know their defense is bad. But until I see something, I, I just can't justify putting DJ Moore back in my lineup with the way Baker Mayfield is playing. They've got to do something to get him more involved. I know there's reports that apparently Matt Rule and the locker room, he's apparently lost it. That should surprise no one. Um, we'll see what this season has to bring for DJ Moore. But for someone we all drafted as a starter in your league, the only guy coming into the year with three straight years of 1,250-plus scrimmage yards at the wide receiver position, he was gone from a third, fourth round pick all the way now to someone I can't recommend starting right now, which sucks. Hopefully we get him back and we can all kind of get him back on our lineups because the NFL will be a much more bright and shiny place, although cats, I'm sure, will will hate that. Uh, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating or review, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast app. It is always greatly appreciated. Continue to stay up to date with all the latest around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football, but betting, breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. Get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup, waiver wire advice, and the Sunday morning start sit, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll for Sundays. It's also never too early to get involved and get started with the 2023 draft season. Yes, we are already looking ahead to 2023. Jump on over to ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft. Get on the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator and send us your screenshots of how you would like your team to attract next year's loaded draft class. You can follow Jason over on Twitter at JasonCats13 and myself at TommyGarrettPFN. Good luck this weekend. Let's avoid those, those Halloween scaries. And we will see you guys on Monday for another episode of the show.